0: I check one, two, three. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Pick and Rock and Roll and Orlando Magic podcast. You can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at Pick and Rock and Roll. Our personal handles are at the underscore wire underscore allen and at Phil Harlow UK. We are also on Instagram, just search the Pick and Rock and Roll, and we are, of course, part of the Close Up Magic family. You can find us guys on Instagram and Twitter by searching. The Close-Up Magic, and you can find us online, thecloseupmagic.com, links to all our latest articles and podcasts. I am one of your hosts, Phil, and I am joined today, live from Central Florida, by Wyatt. Wyatt, what is up, man?
1: Hey, Phil, man. Good to talk to you. I'm I'm excited to talk about the undefeated Orlando Magic.
0: Yeah, we're going through this entire season so far, undefeated. You heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> It's ex- it's exciting times man like we've been waiting a long time it seems for this season to start and we're finally here we've finally got one game in the books
1: it did feel like regular season just was never going to come around and and now that it's here it just feels like everything's going like full momentum forward i'm i'm hyped man
0: yeah it's exciting times uh, in the magic kingdom but let's let's calm down for a second first of <laughs> all everybody <laughs> we are going to try and hold off we're going to go through the sound check right, let's have a look back at a couple of bits of news last week um, from the Orlando Magic. We just want to talk about uh, last night's opening game. It will cover these first of all for you. Um, Last week, the the Magic waved a couple of guys from the preseason roster to get us down to our um, 15 slots for the season. Uh, The Magic waved BJ Johnson, Vic Law, Humphreys, Daquan Jeffries and John Davis. Um, Those final two slots go into Josh Majette and Emil Jefferson. Um, out, out of those guys, uh, Wyatt, we didn't see too much um, in preseason. They didn't get a lot of time, except for some garbage minutes at the end. Uh, the only name that really sticks out of that will be uh, DeQuan Jeffries, because he was someone that a lot of us Magic fans looked at um, as a potential backup um, combo guard, possibly because of his size. Um, yeah, and, and he's down in Sacramento now. Um, is, is there anything? Do you feel? It's sad that he left or is it like you don't really care is it where are you at
1: I, I would have loved to have seen Jeffries play with Lakeland and see how he develops down there um I, I thought he was really impressive during summer league but I just didn't see anything from him during preseason that made me think he was NBA ready um yeah. I think he's a guy I'll definitely root for and, and kind of keep an eye on uh down in Sacramento, but uh, no, not necessarily. I, I, uh, B.J. Johnson was one person that I was really impressed with. Um, he got very small amount of minutes and really didn't do much on the stat sheet, but but just played with a lot of energy. Uh, he's a good defender and a good two-way guy. He's kind of seemed like a Orlando Magic product, so hopefully he sticks around with uh with Lakeland and we see a little more from him.
0: Yeah, that's a good thing with with, with these guys now. With our uh, with, with Lakeland being so close as well. Um, to orlando that the, these guys that they're easy to keep a close eye on um and yeah hope, like you say hopefully they do good down in lakeland um you know they it's it's tough in preseason for these guys to really do anything to earn that roster spot uh with the actual um main orlando magic team but like you say w- w- with jeffries I'll, I'll be rooting for him down in sacramento as well um yeah man there, there's not much more to say about that um just, just one other thing since uh since we reported last week, uh, there was our final preseason game against Miami, uh, a loss at home. We don't really want to go into that too much because, you know, preseason doesn't matter anymore. Everyone was getting sick of it, and it's in the past. We've moved on to bigger and better things. Yeah. Um, yeah, but si- since then, the, the, the sessions that um, that we've been having, Coach Cliff saying that there's a lot more physical, more solid contact, um, things have been stepping up in the last week in the approach to last night's opener. Uh, Is is there anything that you've heard out of Cliff that's uh, encouraging or uh, anything from that final final game at Miami you were there in the building anything to take from that?
1: I think the interesting thing to me was it it seems like the practices have been physically more difficult than the games that they were playing during preseason and and that does I think in my mind I always thought that it would be backwards the games more uh, difficult physically on your body and stuff like that but I don't, I'd, I'd love to sit in on one of these Orlando Magic practices because it just sounds like they're going absolutely hard. And, yeah. um, you know, I think we made comment on the last episode, but Coach was really pleased with the way practice was going, um, which to me is is uh, very encouraging.
0: Yeah. And I think it was important after having three straight losses at home that, that didn't then seep over into those practices as well. Like everyone um, just just put those losses behind them focused for the sessions and I should imagine that cliff pushed them that little bit harder um mm. just to make sure even though they didn't seem completely ready in those games that they were physically ready uh for the regular season last night
1: that was the only thing i wanted to add about like uh the preseason games is it for orlando magic fans it could not have swung like any harder i think we won those first two games like pretty handily and yeah. it was like okay this is championship like for yeah. sure And then we like squeak by Atlanta and we're like, okay, we can we can beat teams with our defense, but we've got to figure out our offense. And then after those three home stinkers, man, it was just like like, it was just like, you know, you started hearing people on Twitter talking about blowing the team up and trading players (laughs) and stuff like it. Just complete overreaction one way to the other. And and now we're playing games that matter so we could leave all of that behind.
0: Yeah, I saw in the past now man, we've moved on. Moving on to bigger and brighter things. Uh, Right, okay, we're going to leave that there in a sound check. Uh, There's not much more to talk about, but like I say, we're just trying to get to the main bit. Uh, We don't want to hold off too long. But first of all, we're going to go into our open mic. This is the uh, part of the show where we ask each other a random question. Uh, It could be magic related. It could not be. Um, We don't prepare for these questions either. They're just on the spot reactions. who wants to go first today? Why? Do you want to take this one first?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna ask you a non-magic related one today because I'm just a little curious. I know you're a bit of a music man. What's the uh I want to know what's the latest show you've been to and then what's your favorite show that you've been to? Uh
0: last gig that I went well, uh the the last thing that I want to see, I, I saw um Seinfeld in London, but that's not musical, but I saw uh yeah, they had um Jerry Seinfeld up there. Uh my last gig was Pearl Jam last year in Barcelona. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, that was an awesome gig, man, yeah. That would was, you say uh, that's
1: your favorite that you've been to as well?
0: My favorite would have been a couple of years earlier. I saw Pearl Jam in the middle of a forest in Germany. Uh, oh, it was, God. It, was in, it was in June. It was like the, the perfect summer night, man. It was a blue sky, then a red sky, then the stars, and like Pearl Jam were fucking on point. Uh, it was,
1: that's amazing
0: that was that was the best gig i've ever been to that was yeah was i'm gonna insane. ask
1: you more about that after the show
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> right man okay i, I got a question here um my the first way i was going to ask it i've changed because otherwise I, I might get you in the shit because i was going <laughs> to say to you i was going to say to you what means more to you your wedding anniversary or opening night of the magic <laughs> season but i'm not going to do that to you man because i'm your friend so, so, so i'm going to say to you what what means more to you christmas day or opening night of the regular season for the orlando magic
1: oh man that yeah that's tough oh, it's, my, it's it was tough. <laughs> it was my four-year uh wedding anniversary just last week so that oh. that would that would have been like really bad timing yeah. for me to answer that but um <laughs> no you know what i i get really excited about christmas day still um i i don't believe the magic are playing on christmas day i, I didn't actually look but um that's i love like one of my favorite parts about christmas is nba um they always do the nba specials and it's like a day-long thing in all of the games it's usually good matchups and stuff like that yeah. um uh so as hyped as i was and ready for like magic basketball i, I still got to go with christmas day but basketball yeah. still plays a big part in that so
0: yeah so that's <laughs> so they're still the best of both worlds there so that's okay oh yeah definitely <laughs> Okay, man, awesome. Great answer. Right, guys, we're now going to move on to the headliner. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... Right, guys, so there's absolutely nothing to talk about, so that's the end of the show. See you later. (laughs) Only joking, of course. Last night, the Orlando Magic regular season, finally finally began. Since last April we've been waiting, we finally got there. Uh, the Magic were at home for their opener uh, against Cleveland and the Magic came out winners. Uh, 94-85 victory. Um, it was a little bit hit and miss at times um, in terms of our defence. We dropped the ball um, in the in the second quarter, uh, in the, the third quarter. and that, There was a little bit, it, it was rust. First game of the season. Um, Wyatt, what were your First impressions, um, just just going right out the right out of the box. Was there anyone straight away who stood out to you? I mean, there's there's someone who's getting quite a lot of talk on Twitter <laughs> at the moment. Uh, yeah. yeah. First impressions.
1: Uh, first impressions. I, I thought that uh, I, I'm really excited we got the win. Like obviously, winning is the the you know primary concern. But uh, if we weren't playing Cleveland, I think we would have been in trouble. Um, it seemed like it was difficult for us to get our offense going. Um, we were out-rebounded pretty heavy by Cleveland, uh, and, and I know that that's been a point of interest for Coach. So uh, mainly on the second unit, and Mo Bamba, I think he has so much potential, but he has got to learn to block out box out when yeah. he's on the floor. Um, just for being that size, you've you got to bring down more rebounds than that. Um, yeah. Highlights, and, and I, I know we're going to spend so much time talking about this, so I, I was going to try to hold off, but yeah. to me – like like Nikola Vucevic said in his, his post-game interview that Markel Fultz looked like the best player on the floor last night. Yeah. And uh, I was really just amazed by his ability to pass and playmake, which is something we have been missing for so long. So I I just, I have spent all day thinking about how exciting it is for him to be playing the way he's playing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fine to start talking about Fultz now. Like, fuck it. We can't, <laughs> we can't, we can't hold up anymore. Um, yeah. Folks, as, as as soon as he came in into the game, he just seemed ready to go, and I, I was really encouraged to see him getting quite a few minutes with the starting lineup as well. Um, with with start, like once DJ was out, you saw him playing a, a, alongside Vooch and getting some of those pocket passes. Man, these the, these passes are the, the things that, that can really change the, uh, the the level that the magic can reach. Um, what what faults does, he just he just um. Like the, the, the pass behind the back or the pass over the shoulder that the the opposition aren't are expecting. Um, there's there's one play last night where um he, he's down at the post and uh, Tristan Thompson comes over because he, he just expects to just block him out. Folks does a little pass behind his back to Vooch, who is now open because Thompson's left him because he doesn't expect that to happen, and then it's it's an easy bucket for Vooch. Uh, these this kind of creativity is what we haven't had for a while because um DJ Augustine is a He's a solid player, but his passes are kind of predictable. But in a in a still like good solid way. But with um, with there's says that an unexpected um, aspect of his game that the the opposition teams that they don't see that coming, and I think that's a that's a game changer of uh, our offense in particular.
1: I think yeah, DJ. Um, he he's a good passer. He's just so small, and that's something he's always had to fight for his whole career is, um, almost anybody who guards him is going to be bigger than him. Um, he's a phenomenal shooter and yeah, he's, he's, he's a great underrated point guard, but with Markel being able to facilitate and make passes, uh, for easy shots for our, for our starters, it really did start my gears turning about, you know, how soon is this guy going to be ready to start? And, um, you know, no disrespect to DJ again, because I just think he's phenomenally underrated. He just goes out and does what he's supposed to. It's not very flashy, but he's so efficient. Um, he he would be a wonderful burst of offense for that second unit, though. And, and it's yeah. the one thing I I see. It, like Ji only got three or four shots up last night. I think
0: yeah.
1: maybe three. Um, three, three shots. Yeah, he was yeah. one for three. Um, one for three yeah. And and it is running into. Uh, one of these things where we might have too many people who need the ball on offense especially in that first unit um yeah. i think j.i is too good to only be taking three shots per game so it, it makes me wonder if you do flip dj and faults uh what kind of scoring you get from the bench and then how much uh, of an easier look are people in that starting lineup getting um by him being able to facilitate the way he
0: does yeah, because um, as, as we're talking about um, the shots that J.I. got up there. Look, looking at this, with Vooch, he got up 16 shots and Evan got up 13. And um, those two really are DJ's go-to guys and, and also coach, to be fair. There's, a lot of this is obviously driven by the coach. But mm. where DJ is so used to those guys, like they're, they're getting the majority of those shots. But if you have folks playing with J.I. and like these other players, then he'll begin to develop that relationship and That knowledge of where the guy's going to be on the court to then get JI a few more shots to help get um, Aaron Gordon going. You know, mm-hmm. he can get he can get down to the post and put off a little bucket a uh, little bucket pass to AG to get him a few dunks to get going. Um, it's, it's it's really encouraging. And with with Fultz, there's something about when he gets into the um, into the paint or just um, into the area, he he seems to dribble so slow. And so obvious, but but players can't um, they can't defend him. Like they, they, they're trying to get the hands in there, but he, he's such a, a big guard that he, he just defends that ball so well. He, he just slowly moves around to his spot, and then he'll take his shot. And it's, there's there's a confidence to having that that big solid guard in there. Uh, he's something that the Magic have um that They don't have when they have DJ Augustine. And like if you think, man, it, this time last year, our our point guard off the bench was Jerry and Grant. And now it's Markel Fultz. Like it just it changes the, the, the direction of this team. Um, I was thinking like, you know, possibly Christmas time he gets in the starting lineup. But you know, if it's, it's, this was so good last night. I can see possibly by the start of December, maybe coach uh he's, he's seeing just too much from Fultz to try and then he may even switch it by then. It's uh we don't want to get too carried away and and he was still he was putting up some threes, and they they were a little bit off last night. He hasn't mm-hmm. got that range going yet. Um, but he he, he made fifty percent of his shots. He uh, uh, from the field six of twelve. You know that's but for, for someone who, who's got a broken shot, badly, that's uh, that's that's really encouraging. He led the team with assists six assists. You know it's, um man everything was was positive last night apart from those three pointers. I think, when, when it comes to faults.
1: yeah. Yeah, I think the three-point shots are the only thing that's that's a bit of a concern. But I mean, when he facilitates the way that he does, and you know, this is one of the big question marks we talked about before. We had seen him play. Uh, you know, he hadn't played in a very long time. We we were kind of saying if he just gets in there and facilitates and, and is able to crash into the paint, that uh, he's a big step up. And and I'm really impressed with his defense. Uh, yeah. Is he always seems to be right in the middle of the two players that he needs to be he, he moves very well even when he's not guarding the primary uh, score um, yeah. you know he just always seems to have a hand in the way I mean just perfect for this Orlando magic team like they're wanting to hang their hat on defense and that seems to be something he takes a lot of pride in yeah. and um, uh, when you were talking about him handling the ball he does appear to move like kind of slowly but he has this ability to speed up and slow down that is just yeah. phenomenal. I mean, it really, it reminds me a bit of James Harden. Um, is it his ability to just like yeah. almost like say here, come and get it. And then when someone reaches their hand and he's passed them, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and another point you made, uh, about his passing when he had dished the ball back to Nikola Vucevic and, um, drew the defender, um, Something I noticed later is that when he drove to the basket, the defender didn't leave to guard Markel because he had to look for the pass. So yeah. he's, he's getting real estate in these guys' heads where, you know, now if he's in the paint, they don't know if they need to stay on their man to guard an easy basket or if they need to help on Markel at the rim. Um, but any time you can disrupt a defense in any kind of way and get them off their game, that's, that's all positive.
0: Yeah, it, it is changing that that approach to to magic offense because because usually like the, they wouldn't they wouldn't particularly like if, if dj is going into the paint like the teams they know like he's probably going to drive to the hoop and then kick it out to someone like he's not really going for those pocket passes as much uh folks changes that and then like you say defensively he he does always it, he seems to always have one arm in the air when he's defending like it's, it's just there it's just an, an obstacle in the way um there was one uh, outlet pass last night from Cleveland. i can't remember who it was but but he, he just sprinted over quick and he, he knocked it out of bounds he's just he's he's ready to defend um he's that, that that big defensive guard that magic have needed for a while and um it's you know we, we don't want to get too carried away and and, and <laughs> but he was so fucking solid last night man like when i was posting stuff on twitter i i, I couldn't help just um saying like you know we got, we got Markel faults for what? low Like it's just, it's it's crazy that Billy gave up on him like this, but then you, you have to wonder as well, if it, if it is being down in Orlando, that has, that has changed him like this, uh, because he, he was in his, uh, post game interview. Uh, he was just saying about the, the front office and the, the, um, the coaches and everyone, like how this environment is just perfect for him. And it's helped him, uh, like, uh, find that faith in his game again. Um, Man, everything, everything last night with folks was so encouraging. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, like it's, you it's said,
1: I, I I, try not to get too excited. Like, it is the first game. And, and then I really don't even think we played a great game. Um, no. I, I think if we had a better opponent, we could have been in trouble. Um, you know, 94 points isn't always enough to win an NBA game. I think the, the game is scoring a lot more. Um. But it, it's, it's hard not to be excited about Markel because the way that he's talked about, like I brought up earlier, but Vucevic said he was the best player on the court last night. I mean, that's just stuff that you love hearing. This guy has had very little experience in NBA games. And, um, you know, his whole like story arc has been interesting because his first two years he was figuring out what his injury was and he's was playing uh, injured. So, so I don't even think we've really seen what this guy can do yet i think we're just yeah. starting to see him play with some confidence and some excitement and and the thing that's scary is he just fucking loves it like yeah. he's so thrilled to be playing basketball and um you know i i think the best players in the game have that that they that they just love the game they love winning they love greatness and yeah. and markel seems like he has that uh, I, I love the amount he talks to his team when he's on the floor, and how much he's involved in that, and you know, even pointing people to get in position and stuff yeah. like that. He's he's a young guy, but he's a leader. Um, and it, it's funny, I think, with him being hidden from the media um, for so long, we got the idea that he's very private and quiet. And I just I don't think that's the case at all. I I, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited about Markel Fultz this season.
0: Yeah, you speak about. um confidence and excitement and fucking there's, there's nothing that personified that more than that dunk last night man that was that was just a pure highlight like markel faults is back that that dunk he just breaking through into the paint slamming it down with authority that was i feel like he was just taking out so many months of frustration in that single dunk the the, the arena loved it everyone on twitter was loving it it was just uh and it was a moment that stood out to the NBA as a whole that there was a lot of news outlets after, um, you know, talking about that dunk first and then saying about the rest of his game that that dunk it was, it's going to go down uh, in the in magic history. Like if 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 folks becomes a player that we hope he can be that first dunk in his first game is just going to be, you know, I- I'm here get used <laughs> to it. It was, it was awesome.
1: It was a bit of a coming out party, and I, I got the sense too. I mean, and and maybe I think there's a question that was asked post game about you know did he take out a little frustration on that dunk or whatever. There was something going. I mean, he he just really went into it, and it was almost as soon as he crossed half court, like he knew he was going for it. Yeah. I, I have watched that clip no less than twenty times.
0: Yeah, it, is, <laughs> uh, it was it was a, it was an awesome moment. It, it was those. It was you. Just think, man. Magic season is fucking back, and we've got players like this on the team, man. What a year this is going to be! It's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting.
1: I feel like we should just change this to the full show, but yeah. <laughs> like, again, I mean, I can't stress how much we have been saying, man. We need a point guard. This is our point of weakness. This is what we need so bad. We need a playmaker. Um, yeah. I mean, years we have been saying this, and and it looks like that he could be that guy. He could be the playmaker that we have always needed that can make the guys better who are around him and um fuck that's just really exciting
0: yeah it is Uh, just just one final point on before we move on uh last night where he didn't make a single three-pointer uh what what that has saved is um nudes being posted by jeff Weltgod. uh (laughs) he has he has (laughs) promised to post nudes as soon as as soon as markel makes that three so i don't know if uh I don't know if that's a good or bad thing for for a Jeff Weltgood, but you know, it's, as as soon as that three goes down, I think Magic Twitter is going to explode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just I love that so much, and it's so funny because he gets mis- mixed reactions of people who are like, "Man, I really don't want Markel to make a three now." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: But I um, just about about Fultz's three-point shots. I, I that's that's the one thing that I think um, people are really scrutinizing majorly, and and I think maybe like one or two of them they missed pretty badly. Um, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm not seeing it this the same way. To me, it's like this is a guy who has not played in very many NBA games. Um, the three-point shot to me seems mental. Um, yeah you know, more than him having like a hitch in his shot or a bad shooter. I mean, the guy knocks him down during warmups. He's a great shooter. So uh, to me, it's just a confidence thing. I bet that uh, much like Ben Simmons, I'm sure that he has a bit of like pressure around the idea of shooting a three just because people watch it so closely. Um, He doesn't seem like a guy who's bothered by that type of stuff, but I don't think anyone's immune to worrying about what other people think of them. So I'm happy to see him continuing to shoot them, especially if they're open, yeah. and the defense is giving them to him. But I, I would love for one to go down. I don't think it's a necessary part of his game to be an excellent shooter, but I, I still think he has that in him.
0: Yeah, that'll come. And we have also seen that footage of him making a, a three with just one hand. So you know he can yeah. do it. It's just, oh, he's just waiting easy. for his moment.
1: I agree. I think he's yeah. gonna have a he's gonna have a game where the shot just starts falling and the confidence is there and we're just going to see. I mean, shooters are streaky, uh, as it yeah. is. We see that with T. Ross quite often, where um, he, he comes out and knocks down six in a game, and then other games he'll he'll go, like, two for 14. Um, yeah. There's there's something to seeing the ball go through the hoop um, on, a, on a jump shot that, that gets guys in rhythm, and, and I think he's just looking for his rhythm still.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's the early days, but everything last night was a... Uh... We'll calm down now. Everything last night was encouraging. We'll just say it was encouraging, but but in our minds, we're screaming it was the fucking bomb. But we'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay, let's move on to some of the other guys. Last night, man. Let's um, let's go to the ones who stepped up and just carried on where they were last year. Um, Vooch, as you were saying to me, uh, before we start recording, Vooch just got a really quiet twenty-one points and nine rebounds. Like you, you didn't really notice that he was doing. Uh, a whole lot, and then you and then you see his box score: um, 21 points, nine rebounds. He shot 50% from the field. Uh, he made four of five at, at the the free throw line. Uh, Vooch seems to um, last night prove that that the money that we spent in the off season w- was worth it. Uh, it's it's his birthday today. Happy 29th birthday! If you're listening, Vooch, big fan of the show. Apparently, <laughs> uh, yeah. Is, is there anything from you know anything to say about a Vooch, or he's just he's just solid, isn't he? He's just yes. defendable.
1: Exactly that. He, he's, he's just solid. Um, he, he very quietly scored 20 points. He was one rebound shy of a double-double. Um, I mean, it just seems like that's what we're going to be getting from him again is, you know, 20 and 10, uh, night in and night out. And I think the encouraging thing about him kind of quietly scoring 21 points is that he doesn't need to do it all on his own. Um we're, we're kind of used to seeing Vucevic, like, working very hard to score those points and backing people down and playing too much in the post. So it seems to me that, uh, I mean, that it just came easy for him last night. It wasn't something he really had to work, like, too hard at. So he's just doing his thing. And that's encouraging to me because I think he has another gear. If if guys are not getting it done and the team's not winning, um, he can do it. We, we've seen it all last year. Um, but I don't think that he needs to.
0: No. And he had a little moment last night where he, where he got in on the uh, the old dunk highlights. He, he uh, broke through to the hoop, slammed it down. That, that was nice to see a, a little uh, little explosion from Vooch there. Uh, the only thing about his game um, on the box score that's a little bit, bit, bit of a letdown is, is that he only made one of five uh, from three, uh, shooting 20%. But, you know, it's, it's the first game back, and he, he still contributed 21 points. Uh, you, you'd expect those numbers to be... Probably three or five uh, as the season continues. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, everything Vooch looked good. Um, Evan, Evan Fournier, uh, he, he had a pretty good night as well. He, he seemed to carry on some of that FIBA form. Uh, he finished with 16 points, um, making nearly 54% from the field, 7 of 13, um, 2 of 4 from 3. So uh, th- this season, I think if Evan Fournier is going to be a really important player to the team. Uh, last year, he, he really struggled. Um, I should imagine that he's, he was pretty pissed off, and he didn't feel he probably didn't feel quite worthy of having um, a, a place in, in the playoffs at times. I, I, just, I just feel that that's the kind of guy that, that Evan would be. Uh, he'd feel like he didn't contribute enough. But look, last night, he, um, he started the season off solidly. That's, uh, that's what we want to see from our, from our starting shooting guard.
1: Yeah, I think he played with really great energy. His defense was good. You know, he ended with one block, one steal. He had four assists as well and three rebounds, so he just kind of did a little bit of everything, which is, it seems like this is what we're going to need from from our team is everybody just kind of pulling their weight all uh, throughout all categories. But, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm very much impressed with him, and I think that him being on the floor with Markel is helpful. Yeah, um, it's, he's getting a little bit easier shots, and it takes a little bit of pressure off of him um, it, to have somebody like Markel on the floor with him. Whereas DJ, it's like uh, he he spreads the floor really well, and he's a good shooter. Um, but he doesn't take much pressure off of Evan when Evan has the ball.
0: No, no, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, you know, everything everything with Evan seems good. And as uh, like you say, as as he plays more with faults, there'll be a different understanding. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 pleased to that. It's not spectacular, but 16 points, you know, that's that's pretty solid. A um, little bit of a letdown last night was um, Ji and uh, Aaron Gordon. They weren't they weren't up up, up to their best that, that we'd expect. Um, Jonathan Isaac still put in eight rebounds and defensively he's he, he's just long it, 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 mm-hmm. all, all the time. He's just he's extending his arms. Um, yeah, he was a little slow. So was Ag. You know, um, Ag finished nine points, made twenty five percent from the field. Uh, we're expecting big things from Ag. This season. Uh, he, he he was pretty good in terms of getting to the free-throw line last night, which has been a problem the Magic last year. We were dead last in the entire league at it. Um, but this is a, a few games in a row now that Aaron Gordon hasn't been up to what we expect. He carried on from some of those pre-season games at home. Uh, have you got any uh, early concerns with AG or is, is it all just going to come together at some point?
1: I, I think that he plays his best when he just plays within himself and he doesn't try to do too much. I would say out of, out of Isaac and Gordon, I I'd rather see Isaac take more shots. Uh, I think that he's someone whose offense is still developing and he's just physically so fit to get to the basket. I mean, it being that tall, he just stretches one arm up there. It's pretty hard to block his shot. Um, but AG to me, I, I, I am I'm a bit concerned you know he was talking about his offense is caught up to his defense and um we didn't see a lot of greatness from him in preseason he might still just be kind of finding his flow his rhythm um I've got it pinned on my twitter right now that this was his all-star year and I'm not feeling I'm not feeling super confident in that um again it's just one regular season game and a, a few preseason games to to judge that off of um I'm not down on him by any means I think he has loads and loads of potential um I, I don't know if it's a matter of him just trying too hard or what the deal is but but to me um out of that starting five if if somebody's shop production has to go down a little bit I'd rather see more from Isaac and a little less from AG um yeah. I just let him rely on his athleticism and his cuts to the basket the easy dunks and and open threes when he has them but um, I, I was more proud of him that he didn't dribble the shit out of the ball last night. There was moments in preseason yeah. where he kind of went back to playing hero ball, and um, I just don't want to see that from him. I know mean, he's not that type of guy, and we we've got good ball movement when they're when they're moving the ball, they're getting easy shots. So we we just don't need anybody to do that.
0: No, no, that's the thing with AG. Like that's a part of his game that that, that seemed to have gone. Like you say, it was a little bit in preseason, but I, I really think that. Coach wouldn't put up with that when it comes to regular season, um, and I think he's another player who will benefit from playing with Markel Foltz. Just that some those creation of an extra few, um, passes around by the, around the post, so we can get some dunks in. Um, just looking for a yeah, a, it's it's not it's it's not too encouraging with Ag playing like this the last few games, but it, it's early, and I think I think he'll he seems to be someone who who isn't always. Consistent. He's someone that will have these ups and downs at times, whereas someone like Vooch, you know where you're going to get all, all the time. Um, but Ag is he's still a, a pretty young player. Um, like, like you, I, I thought this was going to be his his all, all star year. Uh, there were times at the start of preseason it, it looked like it. Um, but yeah, this is early. It's uh, it's not too much to get too concerned about at battle. this point. If it's five, ten games in and it's still like this, then. Something may need to be considered changing. Um, not no change I can't see him going to the second unit, but something might, might need to be changed about him. Um, yeah, in terms I, of the other, is, is, is there anything else on um with AG that you want to talk about? Or is that it? Well, uh, just
1: that uh, the, you'd mentioned the second unit. I think one, he's paid too much money to do that and he's just yeah. too good a, a defender. But someone else had brought that idea up on on Twitter today, and and I thought that was an interesting idea is with Aminu moving into the starting lineup and and Gordon moving to the bench. Um and then furthermore kind of like what we talked about if if they were to swap DJ and Markel, um I think between Aminu and um sorry between um Aminu and and Gordon or DJ sorry yeah. but do DJ and Gordon if they were to be moved onto that second unit um that, that would be insane, and, and it's kind of like Luke was talking about having too many mouths to feed. I think between uh, Vucevic and Augustine and um, Fournier, mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it's like we have too many guys who can provide offense or you know, that, that need the ball, that need those looks. Um, maybe they do experiment with something like that, moving somebody into that second lineup to just generate a little more. Um, but, it, but it, and right now it looks like Fultz is doing a fine job with that. And, uh, Ross chimed in for 10 points as well last night. So yeah. no need to get over alarmed. but just a, just a neat thought. It was something that I, I thought was kind of curious to think about.
0: Yeah. Cause there are certainly, um, shots available on that, that, that second unit, um, outside of Ross. And faults. there was only 12 shots between the, the other three guys. Um, so, you know, there is there is potential there to find some more offense um, out of those. Um, speaking of the, the other players last night, um, Coach went to a 10-man rotation. Uh, he brought in Michael Carter-Williams. Um, he he uh, only put in two points. He only actually took... Um, what did he take? So three shots all night. Um, I don't know about having... Michael Carter Williams as the 10th man I, I personally I'd rather see that go to Wesley Wondu um mm. you know I know that, that in, in in preseason he he stood out for you in in, in particular uh, he was solid offensively um whereas he he may not be quite as good defensively as Michael Carter Williams I don't think you lose a great deal from him and I think that w- what you make up uh, offensively if you do go to 10 man lineup I would rather see Wes get those uh 14 minutes that that Michael Carter Williams got last night. Um what are your thoughts on this ten man uh, rotation of last night? Yeah, I, I
1: completely agree. Uh, I've I've been pretty vocal about Wes deserving a spot to play. I just think that he's somebody whose offseason really is paying off. Uh offensively he looks he looks good and his three point shot is probably one of the better shots on the team. Um and, yeah, he doesn't lose much in defense. But I, I will just say the way that Coach talked about Michael Carter-Williams in the postgame interview last night made me think that there's just no chance that that's ever going to happen.
0: Right. Yeah. Hey, Penny. Penny's <laughs> like back, someone, everybody.
1: Someone just got home, so he's he's got to alert everybody in the house that someone just <laughs> walked in. Um, but, no, Coach just went on and on about Michael Carter-Williams, about how good of a defender he is, um, and and how like I mean he's elite he said that he's guarded or coached a lot of guys like that but his defense leads to so many good offensive opportunities and that's something I had to start like reflecting on a little bit Um, if if he is able to get these stops and and catch and transition it may not result in him scoring a lot of baskets or any extra points but if it results in our team getting easy baskets then um i i do see how that is so important um it's just frustrating to see a talent ride the bench but um just gonna have to coach trust coach on this one i guess
0: yeah because you you just know that out out of the choice that he's making he's going to look for that um defensive reliability first and that is that is in his eyes michael carter williams and he is uh, a very good defender um but like you say, man, it's a shame that a talent like Wes, who does seem to have improved over um, over, over the off season, he, he was shooting great from three, um, is is looking like he's really not going to get those minutes. I, I I'm not sure how often we'll go to this ten man lineup, but um, yeah, it's it's a shame, man, because uh, this he, he's a good young player, and I, I feel like he's not going to be on on the Magic this time next year if things continue like this. Um, I don't know, man. It's just a shame. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, well, we'll just close up now on, on talking about the game last night. Has anyone else in particular that stood out or is, was there anything of, of concern from the team and anything else um, you want to make? Um, but, I mean uh, for us offensively we are, we're looking like we're going to have a, another year where we may struggle to score the ball again which was a problem for the last few years but if we can keep locking down defensively which we had a few lapses at times in the game um, but you know we held them to 85 points. For a lot of preseason. we, we kept teams to around 90, 95, apart from a few blowouts. Um, we're really going to hang our hat on that defensive capability, and I, I think as the games continue, that will tighten up. As Mo Bamba becomes a more confident defender with those arms up, that will tighten up. Um, every, it, it was encouraging, like you say. I think if it wasn't Cleveland, if it was a, a better team, we could have been in trouble, but mm-hmm at the start of the season a win is a win you just you take it right
1: that's it I mean we're we're undefeated what's what's not to love about that (laughs) I will just say um Aminu and Ross uh to me offensively I I would have liked to have seen them a little more productive um especially Aminu he did so well in the preseason so I was looking for just another solid night for him um, but having said that, those two guys had the the best plus minus on the team last night. Ross at plus seventeen and Aminu at plus fourteen. So there's yeah. just a lot that they're doing with their time out there on the floor that is uh, contributing. That's not always going to mean um, buckets offensively. But I I think <laughs> short of Markell Foltz's dunk, one of the most exciting things about Orlando Magic basketball is Terrence Ross just going nuclear from three. So yeah, I'm. I'm very much looking forward to to a Terence Ross just light up game. That's that's like the next notch that I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, and you know how that's going to come, man. It, it like T Ross doesn't stay cold for long, man. He just heats up, and then the place is on fire. Um, yeah. But yeah, but uh, yeah, as the encouraging night last night. Folks is back. The Magic are back, and we're currently the the third seed in the East. So
1: everything's hey. going good, right? Right where, right where we're predicting them, right? <laughs> yes, that's right.
0: Okay, guys, we're going to move on now. Uh, this week, we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to go into the encore. Right, guys. Uh, uh, this past week, we put out a, um, a 2019-20 magics prediction um, post, and we're going to run through our own um, predictions now for the upcoming season. Uh, we're going to put these down here now on record so we, we can't um we can't change these during the season this is what, what we think they are going to be so and uh, i'm just going to say now that uh, these these lists are all made before last night's game so we're not uh, we're not cheating here right
1: <laughs> you <laughs> okay. want to go right. point by point and, yeah. and we kind of compare as we go
0: yeah i think that's the best way of doing it man we'll do okay. that okay so we'll start off with points leader um for me it's got to be nikola vucevic that's where mm-hmm. i'm going
1: I, I went with Vooch as well. I wanted to pick somebody else. I wanted to think that someone's going to step up, but it's it's just it's got to be him.
0: Yeah. I was looking. I was trying to run through thinking, is it going to be AG's season? But I, I don't think he's going to get more uh, points or more shots than Vooch this year. And Vooch is such an efficient shooter that I think that the opportunities that he does get, he just puts in the basket.
1: Yeah. I The only two other people I even considered for that was was ag and then evan I, th- I think that you know both of those guys have potential to lead us in scoring um and and even ross from the bench has potential to be in that conversation yeah. but vooch is just too solid to to not be that
0: yeah that's a no-brainer there okay we'll now go on to the assists leader uh I'll, I'll ask you first who have you got for your assist leader for the team I'm, i've got a well, unknown
1: fellow by the name of Markel Fultz for
0: our assist yep. leader. <laughs> Same here, man. Same here, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that soon enough Fultz is going to get in, into that starting lineup. He's going to get, uh, he, he, he's, gonna end up having m- more time than DJ. And I, I just feel like those little, um, those pocket passes, those unexpected ones we were talking about earlier. That they're, they're the ones that are going to up those uh, assist numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, Folks, yeah, Folk's uh, assist leader for me.
1: As he gets to know the team better, I, just, I think that by the end of the season, he could be averaging 10 assists a game. I, I know that that's like a pretty bold statement, um, not having seen much from him, but if he's managing his injury well and he's just um, continuing to play like he is right now, the best thing that he can do is create easy shots for us, and, and if he's getting open looks for those guys, they're going to start knocking down their shots. I, I think that he's going to be someone like to look at around the league as far as facilitating um you know guys like Ricky Rubio who, who, who were like really good passers um but don't have a lot of other part of their game to be like exciting or talked about yeah. I I think Markel is like perfect for that he's just somebody who can get his team <laughs> going
0: yeah well you and you think like last night he, he had six assists and um he, he would have had two or three more if it wasn't for a few um Fumbled, fumbled balls when when he was doing those pocket passes. So in time, in time, and, and as as our three point uh, percentages go up, he he could easily get to those ten assists. I can I can see that happening. Right. Okay. Let's move on now to our block leader. Who got him? I've got Jonathan Isaac. I've I put Mo Bamba and.
1: Um, Okay. To to me I think it's a it's a coin toss. I think it could be either one of these guys. Um I I don't know. There's something about Bamba. You know, he he led the team last year and and blocks like per uh like the amount of time he played. Yeah. Um and and he played in such a small sample size, so I'm just kind of going with that projection I think with more time out on the court and him playing in that second unit and getting comfortable, we're going to see him really um uh he could be exciting around the league i mean he's just he's built for it um yeah. but just as exciting like you said as is, is Jonathan Isaac i i think that both of those guys are going to draw attention around the league as as block leaders
0: yeah uh, that's, that with mo it's it's a good call um i'm still not convinced with his um defensive capabilities yet um but as he gets more time and more minutes and with his new size uh, there is a there is a good chance that he will lead the team uh, I'll just say at this point Jonathan Isaac has two blocks my Bamba has zero so uh, I'm <laughs> so I'm, I'm currently in the lead with that so one. so far you're winning uh, yes. one
1: thing that's interesting about Bamba and it's it's not good you know we talk about him falling out of position on defense and stuff but a lot of the blocks that he's getting he's out of position when he gets them, you know, his, his uh, opponent blows by him or whatever. And he's getting the block from behind. Um, He's getting it from off to the side. I I think that's part of his game that he um, did really well unconventionally, like throughout college and everything is that he didn't, you know, he's, he's not great about getting in front of his man and keeping his hands up, but he's great at finding the ball. Um, And I think that right now he's just going to have to learn to figure that part out uh how to stay in front of his man and continue to disrupt the ball um while being in position
0: yeah and i think that will come uh as this season rolls on and if, if he does get out of position that gigantic wingspan really comes in handy in those moments uh <laughs> right let's move on now to uh the most improved player on the team now for, if, if, let's go with you first Who we you got most improved player i'm putting
1: markel Fultz for this right yeah. I really want to put Isaac, I want Isaac to be, you know, most improved player of the year around the league. I'd love for him to have a Pascal Siakam type of year. Um, that's really like the desire of my heart is that Isaac would just become a monster this season. But to me, just with um, Fultz's, the weirdness of the beginning of his career and people labeling him a bust, uh, we're seeing he's anything but that. And I, I think it's going to be pretty easy to say he's going to be the most improved on, on Orlando
0: yeah that that sums it up perfectly i've got faults and and like you say at at the moment uh well he before last night to most of the league he was nothing he was it was a bust he's just a a non-factor uh but i I think that by the end of the season there's no question the faults is going to be most improved on our team right let's move on now to the win total uh i'll go first here right i've I'm. I'm still thinking about this. I can't. You know what? I'll. I'm. I'm going to stick with what I've written down. I've written that we're going to finish 47 and 35. Yeah. There was. There was part of me that wanted to say 50, but 50 is such a, um, such a freaky magical number that I don't know if we're going to reach that yet. But I feel that. For, I think adding, um, five more wins this season is is very doable. So I'm going at 47 and 35.
1: and I think I think you're right on. I think that like 47 is a good place to put like the uh, above or below type of thing. I think that's a good anticipation for them. Um, I'm sticking with my 50 just because I've been saying it. Yeah, and I I did this last year, Phil, where I, I I said that we'd be a above 500 team, and partway through the season I didn't believe it. I I thought there's no way, but we came back and did it. So. I'm just gonna try to put some positive thinking out there and see if we like can't. If I just keep saying we're gonna win 50 games all season, maybe it'll happen. But it it at this point, and and I'm just saying this so people don't think I'm a moron. But I, I'm I'm having a hard time believing in the 50 myself. I'm just trying to be
0: positive. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's that. <laughs> there's something about that number. It's just like if if, if you hit that, you feel like you've, you've you've really turned the corner at last. And I think in the last. Few seasons, the magic have had moments where we think we're going to get there, and it doesn't happen. But yeah, I, I can't quite do it at the moment. But
1: to to me, it's like you know, our, our big goal was to to be a playoff team, to be above five hundred. That was like the big benchmark. So to me, you just have to set that next benchmark. Um, and and for us, it's yeah. competing for home court advantage. Where if we're looking for that fourth or third seed, you you've got to be right up there around that forty-seven to fifty win, um, in the east in order to be a a team competing for, for home court advantage.
0: Yeah. And that's a perfect uh, segue, actually, there, Wyatt. Well done. We're going to move on to conference position. Uh, where do you think the match are going to end in the East this season? I'm
1: sticking with fourth. Um, fourth. I, okay. I have reason to be concerned. I think the Heat are pretty good. And I think that there's a lot of teams in the East that have improved a lot. Um, and And it was kind of a lot of teams that were dancing around the bottom of the East last year that I think – got marginally better so it's going to be tough but everything depends on how this team plays defense this year if if they are the number one defensive team in the league like they're trying to be um then yeah the sky's the limit for them
0: yeah i've got us finishing fifth um i think my my 47 wins um last year uh 48 wins was the fifth with the pacers uh 42 sick the nets I, I feel like 47 will probably get you fifth this season. Um, there, is, there is a big part of me that wants to say home court, but I don't think that with my, <laughs> with my prediction of 47, I, I don't think we quite make it. But um, yeah, it's, it, it's hard to say, man. But I, I think fifth, and we just, we just fall short of, of getting that, uh, that home court that we'd love so much. Yeah. Um, right, let's move on now to most likely to make the all-star team. Now, this this is a bit of a – this is tough one for me because I was pretty sure it was going to be AG. And like you, I've had a lot of faith in him doing it this season. But there was there was a sneaky suspicion I had that it would be Fultz. And I I, I don't know if I'm stupid to say <laughs> that the, the L. Fultz would make the All-Star team. But I feel like if he gets going, he, he's, there's going to be this feel-good story. And I think that he could get those votes to possibly get him an, an All-Star nod. Um He's probably a safe bet with Gordon, but I'm I'm going to go out on a limb, hot take. Sound like an idiot, maybe? No, I don't sound like an idiot. I got complete faith in the guy. Markel <laughs> Markel Fultz is going to make the All Star team. I
1: I love your confidence, and I think you're right about one thing. Like um, you know, media has a lot to do with this, and they love a good story. So Fultz has that going for him, and and you're not a moron for saying that because there's a lot yeah. of eyes on him, and I think he's them. He's the main story around the league um, that people are hoping. So, if if he facilitates and works his way into the starting lineup and and continues to you know dominate, he looks like he's having fun stuff like that. It's a it's a potential, but for me, the obvious choice was Vucevic. Um, there's yeah. just not many bigs that can do what he can do, and for him to just do twenty and ten night in and night out and continue to be the rock for this team, um, he's definitely to me uh, the most likely to become an all-star now if we're talking about who I want to become an all-star the most, I really want that to be AG I'd love for Isaac to make that jump I, I Foltz would just be absolutely insane I, all of those guys would be like terrific but I think Vucevic is the only safe bet
0: yeah that that sounds sensible man and um, there is, I'm pretty sure that, that he would do it but I'll stick I'm going to I'm, I'm stick with that folks um, prediction. Oh, I can. We'll, I'm going out with that. Uh, Let's move on to this next one. It is, who is going to be traded first on the team? It's a little bit of a negative one. And uh, we had to put it out there. Um, I'm not too sure on this. And I I feel like my suggestion might be a a little bit crap. But I'm I'm going with Ken Birch. Um, I I feel like that that his uh, defensive capabilities are, he's going to be getting too much attention from teams um, who are going to look for that kind of player. Come, um, come trade deadline uh, as it approaches. Uh, there was part of me that the thought that that maybe uh, Wesley Wandu went um, if if he still isn't getting minutes. Then, but I feel like the, um, the the abilities of Ken Birch will get attention, and there's a chance that that he goes first as our third string center. And then, if it comes down to it, uh, we have a, a, a Jefferson to step into that role. So I mm-hmm. think uh, uh, Ken Birch gets traded first.
1: That makes a lot of sense uh, to me. There's like two reasons you you make a, a trade. It's either to improve like on what you have right now. Um, the other side of that, and this is where mine kind of came from, is is if we have a shit season, if things just go absolutely poorly, um, you have just a few guys that are um, on the different timeline than all of our young talent. So to me, Vucevic, he's he's our all star. He's the best player. He's probably got the most value of anybody on the team. Um, I know there's probably people who won't like that or argue with that, but it, it just I mean name a better player on our team. He, he he is that. I know that we want him to be better and more exciting, um, but he's just by far the most valuable player that we have on the Magic. And um, it, to me, if things are going uh, underperforming and we're not looking like we're going to make a playoff push, I don't think that that's going to be the case. But He's somebody that I think a lot of other teams would be looking to add to uh, already successful young core and that would bring back a lot of pieces to surround our youth. Um, so it, it, I, I kind of chuckled when you asked that question because I went from saying he's, he's going to be the no-brainer all-star on the team to the most <laughs> likely trade ship. Yeah. <laughs> um, but most likely trade chip usually means that they have value and you can trade them for young potential talent. And, and that's the only thing I can really see um, – Otherwise, it's yeah probably going to be Wes Wondr or Kim Birch if we're looking to immediately improve on an already winning team.
0: Yeah, I like that there because we've looked at both directions. My one is if we're having a good season, and your one is if things are going the other direction. So we've got yeah. both bases covered here, man. Um, right. This this next one is the first start wearing a hairband, a hairband, a headband. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to just going to um, clarify this because a, a lot of people said T Ross. What, I'm, what we meant was the first person to to start wearing a headband for the first time, who, who we're not used to wearing a headband. Um, with me, I feel like at the moment, because he's so confused about what's going on with his hair, I'm going with Mo Bamba. Uh, since he lost his hair um, due to that bet with Shaq, I feel like he's a little bit confused as to where he approaches with his look. And I, I feel like he might try a, a headband just to, just to mix it up uh what do you think for the first guy to start wearing a headband?
1: I like that idea. I think that he would look savage with a headband but yeah. to to me um the two people I thought of was was Evan Fournier um just yeah. to you know protect the hairline a little bit yeah, over that bald. And, and um michael carter williams i think he would just look badass yeah. with what i mean he's got a little bit of swagger to him already uh something like that i wish uh he'd be he'd be perfect candidate for that ninja style headband that they
0: outlawed yeah that's a good call i like that yeah <laughs> that, that's that suits him man if he ends if he ends a game with a big band a big band down around big bloody nose yeah, getting getting thrown out of the game that's that's michael carter williams
1: I could see oh. him just screaming at a ref and like ripping yeah. his headband down, wearing it around his neck as he's like charging yeah. up, screaming in their face, blood yeah. all on his nose.
0: <laughs> perfect. That's that's also a perfect segue again, where you're fucking on the ball today. Uh, <laughs> we are going into the uh, the player to end with the most ejections this season. Uh, having spoken about uh, Michael Carter Williams, then I've, I've actually gone a totally different way. I've I have gone for our fiery, pissed off, angry Frenchman, Evan Fournier. Uh, yeah. He's a guy that, like, when when something doesn't go his way, he talks and talks about it, and uh, he has that that temper. He, he has mm-hmm. the hand gestures. He has the expressions. I feel like this season Evan is going to get thrown out of the most games. Uh, who do you think is going to get the most ejections this year?
1: I really hope it's Evan. He he was the name I wrote down first, um, but I, I switched it to Michael Carter Williams. Um, I mean, just due to what we've seen from him, and in preseason already, yeah, he's got a, an ejection. He's yeah. he's a fireball man, and he's a scrapper. I think that he enjoys getting under people's skin, which is always gonna, you know, result in technical fouls and, and uh, just having a bit of a mouth. Uh, but I I want it to be Evan. He's such a passionate player. Um, I think one thing that it's it's kind of neat is ejections are kind of like a stat you can look at to see who's passionate, and yeah. and that's the one thing if I thought like Evan. I just I want to see him just, just get after it this year. I am I'm really I'm, lo- I'm really looking for FIBA Evan all year long.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. That, that's what we need. That fire, those uh, that shot making ability. That's uh, yeah, Evan. E- Evan's back this year. We hope. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but hopefully he doesn't spend enough time in the locker room like I've just predicted. legs. <laughs> that's no good. Uh, right. Okay. It goes to our final one here. Uh, the the total number of technicals on coach this season. This is a bit of a bit of a random, I don't know how'd you figure it out question. So I just went for some some basic basic math. I've said, right, out, out of every ten games, he'll probably get one technical at least. So I've gone that he's gonna end the end of the year on eight technicals. Um we know that coach always goes to bat for the team. Uh he is constantly barking in, in the um in the, the officials' ears. Uh yeah, I feel like coach is gonna get eight eight technicals this year. He's can get one every uh yeah, about one every ten games. What do you reckon i
1: I wrote him down for six, and i I think that's was even like on the higher side for him, but I just think that this year um, you know he's it's not that he doesn't run his mouth because he does very often he's always got a red face and he's always screaming yes. at the officials, but I think that he does it in a way that's respectful um, yeah. you don't see him get teed up too often, but um it, one thing and I, I, it's probably just because I'm a Homer and I love the magic, but I see so often where we just we don't get calls that other teams get. And I have to imagine that wears on a coach after time. um, Especially when referees have the ability to switch the pace of the game so much by stopping it with foul calls or not allowing during preseason um, in the Boston game, when we got massacred, I mean, they were calling fouls on one side uh, that on the other side, they were just letting them play through. And, And you definitely saw him get a bit irritated when, when that was happening. So I, I imagine if, Trends continue, and Orlando continues to not get the respect they deserve from referees around the league. He's going to be a bit irritated, and maybe see a few more ejections than we did last year.
0: And and if it comes down to it, and he's too pissed, I thought has got to do is just click his fingers, and he'll restore balance in in the game. He knows. <laughs> I wish it was that easy. <laughs> he knows how to do it. Uh, <laughs> right, man. We've actually run a little longer than we were hoping. We, we were trying to keep these shows to around one hour for everyone and we've already hit the hour long mark um so we're so we're going to do questions over the next couple of weeks uh what we're going to do we're going to start switching our crowd requests section to maybe once a month maybe once every three weeks because at the moment we we know a lot of you guys on twitter are getting inundated with um question requests so we're just going to um we can change it up now um what i'm going to do at this time um we're going to do a shout out to some of our our followers on twitter we appreciate everyone who follows us on there? A shout out to at 13EDM, uh, Eric Mendez. Thanks for your follow, man. Uh, at at um, Magic v- Vagberg, you know, the guy out there. He is, he's always posting some good content. Hilarious. Sure you, uh, That's one of my favorite Twitter follows. He is, he is a good man. Uh, at Tank underscore Haler. Uh, he, he's actually the, the PA announcer for the Lakeland Magic. Uh, great follow. Make sure you follow him. And uh, at yb dollar 14 brandon keith dollar um thanks guys we appreciate you following us on twitter um is, is there any other final points you want to get out there Wyatt, before we sign off today well i just i know that we were like no matter
1: what happened after one home game and first preseason game there's going to be overreactions like one way or another but we're just getting started so i just i i don't know excitement's at an all-time high I try not to get too down on the team try not to get too high on them um it's it's going to be a really long season and um the the key is just going to be this this magic defense i hope that that's something that's exciting to watch this year uh, i hope we see a lot of low scoring games from opponents and and i hope it leads to some exciting offense because we all love the fast break dunks
0: yes man you, you <laughs> summed it up perfectly there that's, uh, that's that we want and we got some of those fast dunks Fast break dunks early yesterday, so let's carry that on throughout the entire season. Um, Everyone, thanks for listening here today. We we appreciate uh, all your listens. If you want to interact with us on Twitter, we are at Pick and Rock and Roll. Our personal handles are at the underscore wire underscore Allen, at Phil Harlow UK. Make sure you check out at the Close Up Magic and the website Uh, closeupmagic.com. There's plenty of content going up on there all, all the time, especially now the regular season's started. Uh, just yeah, make sure you, you, um, you speak to us on Twitter if you've got any uh, feelings anything you want to get off your chest anything you think we said that was wrong just uh, let's get it out there we'll have a, have a good talk on there um, make sure you like, rate, subscribe whatever you want to do to this podcast we appreciate uh, anyone who's listened to this today um, yeah, the magic season is back we're excited, you're excited Fultz is back fuck me, what a day it was <laughs> yesterday so everyone <laughs> until next time, go magic
1: Go Magic!